sure you guys heard what they said about the vision um, journals. Aren't these things cool? Very cool. But um, go ahead and open it to that, to that page where your vision, so you can write it down, because throughout this service, God might be speaking to you about something, and I don't want you to miss it. Um, I want you to write it down, so uh, that would be cool. We've been wanting to do this journal thing for a few years now, so it's good to finally get it out there, and, uh, but we got to use it now. we got to use it now. So, Vision Sunday. Who's already had a pretty good 2017? Anybody had a good one so far? Pretty good? Good? Good, good, good. It's just going to get better. Um, well, I'm excited about the message this morning. If you were here last week, you might have heard me talk about uh, how I got into watching episodes on Netflix over the uh, holiday season. And, uh, but I want to tell you the full story. So, over Christmas break, you know, I used to think watching a bunch of episodes, like an entire sitcom on Netflix was a big waste of time. And so I'd like judge people and uh, that did it. But then I became that person over the Christmas break. And I watched an entire season of Supergirl. <laughs> which is embarrassing and empowering at the same time to tell you out loud. And, uh, but I do have a daughter. So, but we watched Supergirl, all 20 episodes in a week. And uh, I mean, I was on the edge of my seat. And, uh, and then, you know, the season ended. So we go to look for season number two and there isn't one. I'm not sure if there is one that's not on Netflix yet or if there just isn't one. Maybe it was that bad of a show that they didn't continue. I don't know. But uh, I liked it. Anyway, so when that season was over, it's like, now what are we going to do? How am I going to waste my time, you know, in 2017? So on, on Netflix, it says, well, hey, if you watch this, you might like this. And so it said, if you watch Supergirl, you might like Flash. And so I... Uh, Flash made an appearance in one of the Supergirl episodes. So we're like, sweet, let's watch Flash. So we start watching Flash. And it was amazing watching just the first few episodes of Flash, just the language that, that they were using. And um, if you've never seen it, it's about this guy, Barry Allen, who as a, since he was a kid, he was searching for the impossible. He was searching for the impossible. But not only that, he also felt this calling on his life to help people. But he kind of didn't know how to connect the two. He didn't know how to get to the impossible, and he didn't know how can this guy who is just a normal guy end up affecting lives of other people. Until this happened, check out the screen. Barry got into a fight. Guess I wasn't fast enough. No, it's better to have a good heart than fast legs. When I was 11, my mom was murdered. I saw what looked like a ball of lightning. Inside the lightning, there was a man. He killed my mom. Mom! Dad! Sorry, sorry. You can't keep ducking work so you can go off chasing down these urban legends, Barry. Everyone you work with thinks you're a weirdo. You've got to get yourself a girlfriend. I spent my whole life searching for the impossible, never imagining that I would become the impossible. On, who's gonna watch Flash? Thank you, thank you, my people, my people. 
But sometimes it's good to get a visual, to get a visual of what it looks like when heaven invades earth. So you have, you have Barry Allen, this guy, and he's got a passion for the impossible. He's got a passion for other people, but he couldn't put it together. He couldn't figure out a way to make it happen until one day the heavens invade his life in that lab when the particle accelerator exploded. <laughs> and he becomes flash. That which was seeking the impossible becomes the impossible. And now that he's got this gift, he begins to hone his gift. He begins to work on his gift. He begins to think about his gift. And he realizes that, hey, this is a blessing. I can use this to help people. This power that came in from the heavens can now empower me to go and help people and actualize the dreams that I've always had in my heart. But in order to do the impossible, we actually have to hook up with the impossible God. In order to do the impossible, we have to have an impossible vision. The title of my message this morning is Vision Impossible. Because I believe God wants to give us an impossible vision for 2017. An impossible vision is a vision that you can't do by yourself. So that's where God comes in. Because God wants to give you a vision that includes him. People say all the time, oh, God's not going to give you more than you can handle. And I always say, actually, God loves to give you more than you can handle so that he can be involved. Because if you can do it yourself, he doesn't need to be involved. But God didn't make you to live a mediocre, average, natural life. God created you to live a supernatural, extraordinary, abundant life. He died for your success. He was crucified so you could flourish. He rose from the grave, vacated earth to live in heaven so that you and I could experience heaven on earth. He wants you to live a big life. 2017, come on, let's believe that God is going to do something supernatural in our life. Don't just write down a goal that you can achieve if you have, you know, put in your time. Put in a vision that you could only accomplish if God invades. And then write it down so that when you look at it like Pastor Charles was saying, you can run to it. There's a few things that we have to do, and I'm going to talk about today, that if we want to actually have an impossible dream, but to have an impossible dream and not fulfill it's kind of, uh, so we want to talk about having the impossible dream. How do we get that, and then how do we accomplish that? How do we step into that? How do we do that? So today I want to talk about just a few things, and then we're going to pray that, uh, we're going to pray over your vision cards. We're going to invite the team up. You're going to bring up your vision journals. They're going to anoint you with oil and pray with you, and uh, it's going to be a powerful day. But first I want to talk about uh, a few things that we need to do in order to get this kind of a vision. The first thing we need to do is encounter God. We need to have an encounter with God. If you want to do the impossible, then we got to get with him, because with him, all things are possible. And so we can't try to do things by ourselves. We have to look to God. Like Barry, we have to engage with the heavens. We have to engage with the heavens. And I'm not saying that you have to be struck by lightning. That'd be kind of cool. But I'm not saying you have to be struck by lightning in order to engage with heaven. But I am saying this, that the power of God wants to come on your life in a spectacular way. It wants to come on your life in a spectacular way. And to me, even a whisper from the creator of the universe is spectacular. But it can be as simple as a whisper. 
talking about your future, talking about 2017. And it can be as dramatic as him raising you from the dead. There's a big spectrum how God wants to touch your life and really he'll come into your life in whatever the area is that you need him. But the fact that even the God of the universe would take time out of his busy schedule with all that's happening overseas, with all the needy people, and he would reach down and he would speak to me. I'll never forget my sister. A couple of years ago, we had a, an evangelist come in and, and uh, his name was Pastor Tim Hall and she had a bad back. <clears throat> and uh, she had never experienced the power of God before. She'd never experienced the supernatural. She just thought she had to live with his back. She couldn't hold her kids. And so I took her up to the front after he was done preaching because I wanted him to pray for her. And as soon as he touched her, she just folded like a deck chair, hit the, hit the ground. The power of God touched her life. And she got up, and her back was healed. She could, she could uh, carry her kids. She could work around the house. She could do the things that she couldn't do before because of one touch from heaven. But you know what? The powerful thing is what she said after. She said, I can't believe that God in heaven would be so interested in my little back that he would reach down from heaven and touch me and heal my back just so that I can carry my kids around and do what I need to do on this earth. God wants to invade your life. The first thing that we need to do to encounter the God of the universe, to get that vision, to get that empowerment like Barry had, is we actually need to make God our Lord and Savior. We need to invite Jesus into our life. That's the very first step of God, and that's the most miraculous thing that could happen in this life, is from you to go eternity without Jesus to eternity in heaven with Jesus. And so right now, I'd love it if you just all bow your heads and close your eyes. I want to give you an opportunity. Maybe this is the first time you've been in church. Maybe you've been in church forever, but you've never asked the God of heaven to invade your life, to empower you to do the things that he's called you to do, those things that you've known since the day you can remember that you were called to accomplish. But you've never asked him into your life. So today I want to give you that opportunity right now, just in the next two minutes, very quickly. Or maybe one time you've invited Jesus into your life, but then you kind of took your life back because things got busy. But today you're saying, you know what? I want to rededicate myself to the God of heaven and invite him back in to my world so that he might awaken those things in my life that I know I'm called to. So if you're one of those two people, can you just raise your hand right where you are right now with every eye closed? I wanna pray with you this morning. God bless you, I see that hand. I see that hand in the middle. I see these hands in the front. I see the hands to my left in the back, in the middle back, onto my right, onto my right in the back. I see that there's hands everywhere. Hands everywhere. Come on, I see this hand over to my left on the, on the, on the floor, right here in the front in the middle. God bless you, man. I see that hand. Once I see your hand, you can put it down. I see that hand over there. Is there anybody else? I see that hand right there. I see this hand over here to my left in the middle. Two over here. Is there anybody else? Over to my right on the floor, I see those hands. God bless you. God bless you, ma'am. I see that hand. Is there one other person that's never invited Jesus into their life, but they're saying, man, 2017 is my year. I want to take my life to the next level. I want to do something impossible. God bless you, ma'am, right there in the middle. God bless you in the back. I see that hand. God bless you over here. I see this hand over here to my left. 
God bless you, ma'am, right here in the middle. Incredible. Incredible. Okay, I want to pray with you. I see that hand that just, just came up. I want to pray a prayer right now. While every eye is closed and head bowed, and I'm telling you, the power of God, the great God of the universe is going to come into your life and everything's going to change. So why don't you repeat this prayer after me? The, everybody in the whole building, repeat this prayer after me, but especially those of you that raised your hand. Say this. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for sending Jesus Christ to die on a cross for my sins. Lord Jesus, today, I ask that you would invade my life that you would empower me to do the things I know you've called me to do. Holy Spirit, I invite you to come into my life and I declare that heaven is my home, that God is my father, that I am saved, that I'm gonna spend eternity in heaven with the God of the universe. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you all. Incredible. I'm so proud of each and every one of you that raised your hand. And uh, that is the greatest decision that you'll ever make in your whole life. And that literally is going to set you up to the things that God has for you this year. And those things that were previously impossible are going to become possible because of that decision. And so after the service, I would love for you to head over to the response lounge, see this gentleman waving. Um, we want to give you a Bible, talk to you about that decision if you have some questions uh, about that. But please, at the end of the service, go and do that. Uh, that decision is so important. And we want to be able to answer any questions regarding that. But uh, I'm just so proud of all of those people. I think we need to give them one more hand. Amazing. Uh, amazing. Um, so we need to encounter God. A lot of those people just encountered God. And let me just tell you, you may not have felt anything. You may not have heard anything. But by faith, you just ask Jesus to come into your life. And I'm telling you, everything's going to change. As you, as you just continue to take to those steps um, and follow him, everything's going to change in your life. And so um, to encounter God, a church atmosphere is a perfect atmosphere. The Bible says, wherever two or three are gathered in my name, there I am among you. And so God is attracted to people when they come together to worship him, when they come together in his name. I can't tell you how many times I've been just sitting in a service and God will whisper something to me or God will convict me about something. Tell me, you need to be a better husband. You need to be a better father. You need to do this to that person. You need to text that person, tell them you love them. You need to apologize to that person. Here's an idea in your business or how to get out of something that you've you know, got yourself into. And so God will speak to you in this environment. It's literally like we're coming in here and opening up heaven for you. And so church needs to be part of your, uh, I guess, weekly diet of encountering God. The other way we can do it, there's a ton of ways, but you can do it by yourself. You don't have to be in a church environment. You need to find a place, maybe it's at your house, maybe it's in your car, where you can go to intentionally encounter God. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a place where you go intentionally encountering God for a specific amount of time. I call it the drop zone. The drop zone is a place where you can go to receive drops from heaven. One of the things I love to do in the drop zone is just to worship God and to praise God. Because the Bible says when we praise God, we literally enthrone him. 
And if you look in the, in the Hebrew, in, in the book of Psalms, where it says this, it says that literally when you praise God and enthrone him, you're literally inviting him into your life. You're inviting him into your world. You're inviting him into your circumstance because anytime you get you enthroned God, you're literally saying, God, you are my Lord. You are my savior. Come into my life. And as you're doing that, you're drawing near to him because the Bible says when you praise, you enter into his courts. The closer you can get to God, I'm telling you, if you can just get near God, the supernatural can happen. The impossible can take place. There's a great scripture in Luke 10, 9, and this is Jesus is telling his disciples, he's telling them to go into the world and to do all of these different things. And this is what he says. He says, and heal the sick there into the cities that you're going and say to them, the kingdom of God has come near you. If we can just get near him, the kingdom of God can set you free from sickness, can set you free from bondage, can get you breakthrough in any situation that you are facing. There's a, there's a scripture in, in Acts, and Paul, Peter is walking down the street, and, and all these people are bringing people close to him to try to just get into his shadow, because they know if they can just get into his shadow near the kingdom of God that they can be healed. And so people are just getting near the kingdom, and they're getting healed. If we can just get close to God, you might not need a healing, maybe you need provision. Maybe you need supernatural provision. Well, there's a, there's a, uh, there's a scripture for that too. Jesus is, is with 15,000 people and they're all there and they don't have anything to eat, but they're all close to Jesus. And what happens? He multiplies the fish and the loaves and he feeds 15,000 people. God can do anything. All we gotta do is just get into his presence. The Bible, uh, Mark Batterson says that the, the, the plans of God are revealed in the presence of God. It's a powerful thing when we encounter God. Another thing we can do to kind of engage with God is prayer. Pastor Jurgen talked about this last week. Prayer is literally the highway to heaven. If you want to get straight to heaven, begin to pray. And prayer is just a conversation with God. That's all it is. Did you know that prayer is the reason that you and I can be saved? And I'm not just talking about the prayers that we just prayed right there to invite Jesus into our life. In the book of Acts, there were two men that prayed. And because of their two prayers, the gospel was opened up to the Gentiles, which is the non-Jewish people. It was a guy named Cornelius and a guy named Peter. I want to read you a couple of scriptures in Acts 10, 1 to 3. It, said there, it says, there was a centurion man in Caesarea called Cornelius, a centurion of what was called the Italian regime, a devout man, one who feared God with all his household, who gave alms generously to the people and prayed to God always. About the ninth hour of the day, he saw clearly in a vision, an angel of God coming in and saying to him, Cornelius. So if you keep reading in the scripture, it says, Cornelius, send some people to go meet this guy, Peter. Tell him to go meet this guy, Peter. Subsequently, the next day, verse nine says, the next day, as they went on their journey and drew near the city that they told him to go to, Peter went up on a housetop to pray. Everybody say pray. About the sixth hour, he became very hungry and wanted to eat. But while they, were make, while they made ready, he fell into a trance and saw heaven opened. So you have Cornelius over here. He's a devout man, but he's not saved. He wasn't a Jew. He was a Gentile. And so he, he was a devout man. And so he's praying. The Bible says he always prayed. And so God intervened into his life and gave him a vision. Subsequently, Peter prayed and God gave him a vision. Because of both of their prayers, it brought them together. Cornelius gets saved, baptized with the Holy Spirit, and the gospel op is opened up to the entire world. But it was because of two people praying. God invaded their life. And now you and I can accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior. I love that story. 
I'll end with this quote uh, about encountering God. It says this. It says, if you become famous in the secret place, God will allow you to make him famous in the world. Become that person that is always encountering God, that is setting aside time, that is setting aside, you know, a couple of hours on a Sunday to come into church, that is, setting, that is giving God an opportunity to speak to you. And I'm telling you, he will open up the impossible for your life. The second thing we gotta do is we gotta know his word. If you want an impossible vision to come to pass, you have to know the word of God. Jeremiah 1, 9 to, 9 to 10 says this. It says, then the Lord put forth his hand and touched my mouth. And the Lord said to me, behold, I have put my words in your mouth. See, everybody say see. see. I have this day set you over the nations, over the kingdoms, to root out, to pull down, to destroy, and to throw down, to build, and to plant. So God comes to Jeremiah, who's a teenager, and he says, Jeremiah, I have put my words in your mouth. The very next thing he says is see. Because if you don't have a word from God, it's kind of hard to see the impossible. If you don't know the promises of God, it's hard to see that, that you can do what God's actually called you to do. That's why God said, I'm going to put my words in your mouth, Jeremiah, so that you can see. Because when you approach these people, it, you're, you're going to conquer nations and cities. you got to know that I've told you to go there. you got to know that the word of God has said, go. Because God says he watches over his word to perform it. So when he gives you a word, he expects it to be completed, and he will watch over it until it comes to pass. But if you don't know his word, it's going to be tough to see. Because you're going to face an obstacle and you're going to say, oh my gosh, that's impossible. No, no, no. With God, all things are possible. You are more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. If you don't know the word of God and, and obstacles come in your face, resistance comes to you, it's going to be hard to see past that. That's why we got to know the word of God. Like so many people in the Bible, Joshua, for example. Moses couldn't get people into the promised land for 40 years and then Joshua was supposed to do it? So, so but, but God gives Joshua a word through Moses. It says this in Deuteronomy 31, 3 to 6. It says, the Lord your God himself crosses over before you. He will destroy these nations before you, and you shall dispossess them. Joshua himself crosses over before you, just as the Lord had said. And the Lord, uh, and the Lord will do them as he did to Sahan and Og, the kings of the Amorites, and their land, and he destroyed them. The Lord will give them over to you that you may do them according to every commandment which I have commanded you. Be strong and of good courage. Do not fear nor be afraid of them for the Lord your God. He is the one who goes with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you. He will not leave you nor forsake you. Now let me tell you something. When God gives you the word, he's already working in the background to bring it to pass. He's making a way for you to get there. So when he says to go conquer giants and fortified cities to Joshua, he's saying, Joshua, don't worry about it. I've already destroyed them for you. So all you got to do is go dispossess it. All you got to do is I am with you. Don't worry. Don't fear. I'm going to do just like I did to those guys before, Og and Sahan. I'm going to destroy their land. I'm going to destroy the lands in front of you so you can keep going. When you get a word, but if you didn't have a word and you approach Jericho, this fortified city, it seems impossible. But I'm telling you, God's called us to do the impossible, and he will make a way. He tells Moses to deliver the Israelites from Egypt after 400 years of captivity. Moses is just a man. He's not clear in speech. He tells God, how am I going to do this, God? You want me to approach Pharaoh, the, strong, the most powerful man in the land, and command him to let your people go? Who am I? And then God comes to him and he says this in Exodus 7, 1. 
So the Lord said to Moses, see, I have made you as God to Pharaoh. I'm telling you, when God tells you to do something, he's gonna make a way. So as Moses is approaching Pharaoh, Pharaoh sees Moses as God. But Moses is just a man, but he's got a word from heaven. And so he goes and he commands Pharaoh to let his people go. And Pharaoh has no choice because the Lord God is watching over his word to perform it. And so he gets those people uh, out. He gets the Israelites out of, uh, out of Egypt. And if you have his word, I'm telling you, there is no devil. There is no person that can stop you if you know the word of God. Because nothing is impossible. Nothing is impossible. God is on your side and he will never leave you nor forsake you. In Jesus' name. Number three, we got to see Jesus as he is so we can see ourselves as we are. We have to see Jesus as he is so that we can see ourselves as we are. 1 John 4.17 says this, because as he is, as Jesus is, so are we in this world. So are we in this world. So as we see him is how we're going to see ourselves. But if we see Jesus as, or God as this old man in heaven, you know, he's been around. He's the ancient of days. He's been around forever. He's, you know, kind of limping around with a cane in heaven, has no power left, doesn't care about our lives, then our life is going to have a ceiling over it. But if we see God as the great God of the universe who spoke and created all things, who can create something out of nothing. If we can see him like that, then we can see ourselves as we're meant to be. But it's the God that we see that will reflect the person that we are. So we gotta see God. We gotta fight to see God. We gotta fight to see Jesus as he really is. Probably the most famous scripture that talks about this is in Matthew 16, 15 to 21. You guys probably know this story. It says, Jesus said to his disciples, but who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered and said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Jesus answered and said to him, blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father who is in heaven. And I say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Then he commanded his disciples that they should tell no one that he was Jesus the Christ. From that time, Jesus began to show to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem, suffer many things from the elders and chief priests and scribes, and be killed and be raised on the third day. This is a powerful story of, of the disciples, Peter in particular, finally seeing Jesus for who he is. He, Jesus says, guys, who am I? And he says, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Because he recognized Jesus for who he was, Jesus didn't just tell him who he was. He was Peter the Rock, by whom Jesus was going to launch the church. Just a few chapters later in Acts 2, Peter uh, gets hit by the power of God, preaches a message he's never prepared for. 3,000 people get saved. But it wasn't until he saw Jesus for who he was. Could Jesus tell him and use him for the call of God that was on his life? Once we can recognize him for who he is, he can take you further. The Bible says from that point, from that point where he recognized who Jesus was, Jesus could then tell them what was to come. I'm going to go to the cross. I'm going to die, but I'm going to raise again. But they had to recognize him first so then they could see themselves for what they could do. 
There'll be times in your life where God maybe has given you a vision, but then something comes against you. Maybe there's resistance. Maybe there's debt. Maybe there's sickness. Maybe there's something that gets in the way, and it's kind of hard for you to still see Jesus the way you wanted to see him or the way you once saw him. That's where the devil wants you. The devil wants you trapped in your circumstance, trapped in your sickness, trapped in your debt, trapped in your family issues. He wants you trapped. But if we can find a way to see Jesus in that moment, I'm telling you, healing can come into your life. Luke 5, 12 to 13 says this. It says, and it happened when Jesus was in a certain city that behold, a man who was full of leprosy saw Jesus. And he fell on his face and implored him saying, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Then he put out his hand and touched him, saying, I am willing, be cleansed. Immediately, the leprosy left him. So there's this man, his body is full of leprosy. He's full of sickness. But he finds a way to see Jesus, to see Jesus who he is. He sees Jesus as the healer. And so because he saw Jesus as the healer, he goes up to him, he says, Lord, if you're willing, make me clean. Boom, God touches him and he becomes clean. In the midst of your circumstance, you gotta find a way to see Jesus for who he really is so that you can see yourself as who you really are. The devil doesn't want you to do that. He wants to keep you blinded. He wants to keep you in your leprosy. But we gotta find a way, church, in 2017 to see Jesus for who he really is. Because I'm telling you, it will empower you to be who you've been called to be in Jesus' name. As you are, as he is, so are you in this life. As he is, so are you in this life. You might not believe that yet, but I'm telling you, begin to speak it. Begin to say it, because what you say, you're going to see. What you say, you're going to see. The Bible says, speak to those things that aren't as though they are. And the more you say it, the more you're going to hear it. The more you hear it, the more you're going to believe it. Before you know it, you're going to be stepping into the impossible, like Barry Hallen. In Jesus' name. We gotta, sometimes I think we gotta spend more time believing than begging in prayer. Because the Bible says this, the Bible says when you pray, believe that you receive it and you shall have it. If you don't believe it yet, nah, work on believing. Declare it, read the word of God, build up your faith and then pray with belief, pray with faith. Because it's the prayer of faith that saves the sick. It's the prayer of faith. So we got to believe in 2017 that God is who he says he is so that we can believe that we are who we say we are. And I felt like reading this scripture over us this morning before we write down our, before we come up and get prayed for for our vision cards. Because there is uh, a lot of times where it is hard to see who God really is. It is kind of hard to see, are we really called to this? Because of the, the way the world is these days the darkness that covers the earth. It's kind of hard to see God in this time, but I want to declare this over you uh, this morning. Isaiah 60, one to four. It says this, it says, arise and shine for your light has come and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. For behold, darkness shall cover the earth, deep darkness the people, but the Lord will arise over you, and his glory will be seen upon you. The Gentiles shall come to your light, the kings to the brightness of your rising. Lift up your eyes all around and see. I'm telling you, the glory of God is on you in 2017, but it's only on you if you believe it's on you. Despite what the world looks like, despite what your circumstances is, fight to see Jesus so that you can see him who he is. 
so that you can see you, who you are, in Jesus' name. I want you to stand to your feet. We're going to sing a song. The band's going to join me. And as we're singing this song, if you've already written down your vision, you can come forward and get prayer. We have some, some of our pastors and leaders that are going to anoint you with oil and anoint your, your vision with oil. And so you can come up there and, and get prayer. If you need a second to think more or to engage with God, to get that vision for your life, take a, take a few seconds and, and begin to write it down. The pastors and leaders are going to stay up here for the next you know, 20 minutes, 15 minutes, and, and be praying for people. And then one last thing, don't forget, if you raised your hand to invite God into your life, I want you to go to the response lounge at the end of the service after you get prayer up here. And then tonight, 5 p.m., Pastor Jurgen, our head pastor, is going to be here. And uh, one of the greatest things that happened to me that actually uh, catapulted me into my life as a, a, you know, in ministry was when I got baptized with the Holy Spirit. That's literally when we encounter heaven. The Holy Spirit comes and empowers us in a brand new way. It's almost like it awakens inside of you. And uh, so he's going to be praying for people tonight to get baptized with the Holy Spirit. So if you've never been baptized with the Holy Spirit, tonight is your night. Make sure you come back and uh, do that. It's going to be a phenomenal night. But let me just pray one quick prayer over all of you, and then we're going to unleash uh, the worship band. Father, I thank you right now. I thank you, God, for the power of God. Lord, I thank you for the dreams and the visions, the callings that you've put on each and every person represented here. Father, I pray that today you would awaken something spectacular on the inside of us. God, that you would help us to see, despite our circumstance, despite the, the state of the world right now, that you would help us to see that we can make a difference, that we can do what you've called us to do, that we can become the impossible. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen.